Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Yes Men podcast, Google Hangout edition. If you're listening to us like you normally do, the audio probably sounds a little different. That's because a lot of people can see us. Um, if you don't listen to our podcast yet, you can download us on iTunes. It's free. We talk Yankees, New York sports, national sports. It's really interesting. Uh, so give us a look on iTunes and yesnetwork.com as well. My co-host is Lou DiPietro. I'm Doug Williams. Lou, what's happening? What's going on there, Doug? Well, I mean, I'll state the obvious. The, uh, the trade deadline is is approaching, and it's pretty much taking over our lives here at the Yes Network and yeah. everywhere in sports because there are some seriously big names out there right now. And, and opposed to the past, like, there have been years where A.J. Burnett was the only guy. It seems like Cliff Lee is always there, and David Price was sometimes there. But this year, it's a combination of everybody. I mean, all three of the guys that I just mentioned are potentially going somewhere tomorrow. So, Lou, I, I'll ask you this just to start out. David Price and John Lester, two biggest names out there. What do you think about the chances that either of them or both of them are moved? Yeah, it's, it's Asa Palooza out there. Uh, <laughs> David Price, I'll go 1% because I can't go zero in good conscience. I don't think right, the Rays... because if you're wrong, play. then you look like an idiot. Right. I'm going to look like an idiot either way, but uh, I think the Rays are going to hang on to him. He's under team control for next year. They've gotten back in the thick of the race with this recent run they've been on since the break, and you know, it just seems like He's the guy you want in a one-game playoff, and that's where their best-case scenario lies right now. So yeah. he's going to be the guy. John Lester, he he's apparently said that he would re-sign with the Red Sox in the offseason and maybe take less money. If you're Ben Charrington and your ownership, you've got to take that and run and give a 110% chance he gets traded because you need to. he's not going to do you any good for the next two months if you don't make the playoffs you're not like in that situation go out get something try to get him in the offseason you know the best you can do is maybe make him a qualifying offer and he rejects it and he signs somewhere else you get a draft pick is that really worth it would you rather have the prospect yeah I mean the the Red Sox should be licking their chops because a few years back they did this exact thing and they won the World Series in 2013, they're hoping to keep a lot of their best players and best pieces still on their team, trade away the ones that are kind of draining their contracts away, kind of going to be free agents like John Lester. They may trade John Lackey as well, at least that's what we're, they're, what we're hearing. This is not to make them contenders in 2015, I mean 2020. This is to make them contenders in 2015. They think Correct. they can win the World Series in 2015. I agree with you. I think John Lester, you trade him. You hope that it's a rental for another team and then you can re-sign him in the offseason. I will say that's dangerous, though. You look at how teams like the Brewers abuse CC Sabathi through like 250 innings in a month. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but he threw a lot of innings. And then close. also, it's like, it's almost as if you're, you know, it's like the guy that breaks up with his girlfriend, wants to test the field, and then thinks, oh, she'll be single in six months. We'll just get back together. A lot of times it doesn't work. So... I'm not sure that you can look at John Lester as a guy that you're just lending to another team. It's not like this is soccer where you could just give somebody rights to this player for a few months. It doesn't work like that. John Lester could fall in love with any city that he goes to. You know, the thing is, is that that's why I, I've always thought, and we're hearing you know, conflicting reports today that there's maybe a deal with the Orioles close. I, I honestly wouldn't believe it until I see it if the Red Sox traded him within the division. 24 hours ago, I would have told you I wouldn't believe it until I see it that he would be trading the American League because if he does fall in love with Baltimore or if he goes somewhere else like Anaheim or Seattle or Detroit, now you have to face him 
multiple times a year if he decides, hey, I kind of like it here, I'm going to re-sign here, they've got a better chance than the rebuilding team that just shipped me off for, for moving parts. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, uh, I'll ask about this, what do you think about the, the Phillies two guys, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels? I mean, I think it's kind of an obvious situation for Cliff Lee to get dealt in August after the trade deadline because his contract is so ridiculous. The team that takes a chance on him will probably be the only team that that picks him up off waivers. He won't have any trouble passing through, so right. you'll be able to kind of negotiate a trade after that happens because he's owed so much money. Cole Hamels, do you see him going anywhere? I don't know how any team with a straight face could trade that guy because he's so money. Yeah, and he's got a lot of lot of time left on his contract in addition to money, and the Phillies aren't going to be bottom dwellers for forever, or at least for the duration of that contract. Any trade that's made for him is either going to be a straight-up dead salary dump or they're going to get 15 prospects back for him because it's it's the kind of deal you don't see traded ever, not even often, ever. Lee, I agree 100%. He seems like an August, mid-August, late-August deal to me because he's got roughly $50 million left on his deal between next year, the ridiculously high option buyout in 2016, and what's left on this year's contract. And... I don't think any team's going to claim him on waivers, just knowing that if Philly's like, ha-ha, sucker, they're on the hook for 40-plus mil. Right. For a guy who's, who's, let's be fair, Cliff Lee is not the Cliff Lee he was a few years ago when he was a hired gun helping the Phillies in Texas to the World Series in a few years in a row. That would be a sucker bet, claiming him on waivers, and the Phillies just like, yep, see ya, goodbye. Like, you know, but for a team to say, hey, you know, Maybe he clears waivers, let, let's strike a deal. After he's had a few more starts to prove that he's healthy, he hasn't exactly had the best uh, the best line since he came back from the disabled list earlier this month. But after a few more starts to prove that he's healthy, that he's got it, you know, six weeks down the stretch, he could be a good asset. So I guess we would agree that John Lester is probably the best pitcher that will most likely be moved. But yeah. uh, what about hitter? Because there aren't any guys out there that are going to knock your socks off really uh, maybe Matt Kemp, would you say he's the best hitter on the market? If he's on the market, I would say so. The problem is with Matt Kemp is, you know, the Dodgers outfield is crowded. If one of them could play third base or even second base and slide the infield around, it would probably be a little helpful for Don Mattingly. But the problem with that, that outfield is that there's a lot of talent and a lot of money and a lot of time there, but there's not a lot of production. Carl Crawford is not the Carl Crawford that the Red Sox gave $130 million to a few years ago. Andre Ethier looks more like a fourth outfielder than a guy who's one of the highest paid players in baseball. Matt Kemp hasn't been the same since he got hurt in the middle of that triple crown run a couple seasons ago. Their best outfielder right now is, is Puig, who is a sensation, you know, young, less money kind of guy. They've got a hot prospect in Jock Peterson in AAA. Scott Van Slyke has been playing well. I mean, it's almost like they're going to have to trade pennies on the dollar for one of these guys, unless it's something bizarre like straight up, Hey Philly, we'll give you Matt Kemp for Cole Hamels straight up. I'll Unless tell you what, kind of deal like that. You know what? You know, if the Yankees were to go get Matt Kemp, it would make a lot of sense because you know Ichiro's been starting in right field. The Yankees don't really view him, and he shouldn't be viewed as a starting outfielder. I think he's more of a you're, he's a perfect bench player because he's got speed and plays defense really well. You bring mm -hmm. Matt Kemp in, it's really similar to Chase Headley. You're acquiring him for his past, not that he's necessarily. Older, I mean, Chase Headley's only 30. I'm not exactly sure how old Matt Kemp is, but he's not, like, nearing 40. He's still pretty young. No, I believe so, he's 30 as well. Right. So you acquire both of these guys thinking, all right, they've had some great all-star years in the past. 
why not give him a chance, see if a change of scenery boosts, you know, his his numbers, and you're hoping that he's finally healthy. I mean, Matt Kemp hit two home runs last night. It's possible that he's finally getting healthy. He had a lot of nagging injuries, you know, yep. so I personally think he has the highest upside in terms of hitters. Yep. I think if you're looking more realistically for Yankees options, I would put Josh Willingham in that mix, although I've heard that a lot of the people are saying that the Twins are looking really desperately to trade him, and not a lot of people are interested. Uh, maybe also a John Mayberry Jr. in Philly or a Marlon Byrd in Philly. Who else do you think the Yankees might have their eyes on? Well, Willingham would make a lot of sense because he's a true rental. He's a guy that you're acquiring him for his past potential as well with a lot of right-handed power. Um, you know, Marlon Byrd would be an interesting fit. Camp as well because then next year you could kind of employ more of a four-man outfield rotation, sort of along the lines of what maybe was meant to be done this year with Soriano, but a healthy Beltran, you can DH him a majority of the time, but also give Ellsbury a day, Gardner a day, Kemp a day, you're facing a lefty, Teixeira gets a day, that kind of thing. I think it's going to be a more incremental upgrade like that. I think the Yankees know they need a right field bat. Uh, Carlos Beltran being able to play right field would be helpful because then they could just go out and get a bat and stick him in the DH slot. Uh, the problem is, like you said, Bird, you know, Kemp's out there. Bird is kind of a, a hot name. Alex Rios, maybe. He hasn't really shown a lot of power playing in, in Texas, which is a big ballpark, but the ball does carry. Uh, he'd be a prototypical number two hitter, kind of, you'd think, for the Yankees and would fit in well, and he's only under contract for one more year at a fairly reasonable rate. I just don't know what's out there outside of those four guys. I mean, is, a, is an incremental upgrade like a Carlos Quentin you know, does does that have some not even sure that's an incremental out? upgrade considering right. he's below 200 at this moment? I think. Right. I mean, and Mayberry is kind of a split outfielder. So do you bring him in and say, all right, well, you and Ichiro are now a platoon? You know, it, it's a it's kind of a it's kind of a tough situation because there's just nothing out there. We've seen so many big names. Samarjan Hamill, Houston Street is gone already. The Yankees have gotten Headley. You know, this Lester thing has got some legs, apparently, or maybe, or maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Justin Masterson traded to the Cardinals, apparently, earlier today. There might not be anybody left, especially if, you know, Price gets pulled off the block and a guy like, uh, say, I don't know, you know, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels is too much. The asking price is too much. Well, we're hearing as we're talking right now that, that David Price is pretty much off off the market, uh, right. and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've been talking about this for a few days now. The Rays have been streaking, mm -hmm. and if I'm the Rays now, you're keeping price. Go buy, you know. Absolutely. Go out and get go go out and get another bat because everyone knows that's your biggest issue is the fact that you're really not going to score many runs. And Evan Longoria's had such a poor season, so you go out and get a bat now that you're keeping price. I don't think you keep price and just kind of expect to stay hot because you can't keep up the pace that the Rays are currently on. Right, and with, with their situation and the way their finances work and how they don't like to do a lot, you know, in, in terms of spending a lot of money for, quote-unquote, no reason, a guy like Bird, actually, you know, or Rios would be very well. Yeah, they'd have to pay him a lot of money next year, but they'll have Will Myers, they'll have Desmond Jennings. Kiermaier looks like the real deal. You slot him in as the DH, you've got some flexibility there. You know, we'll see what, what they go out and do. It's it's The second wild card has made this trade deadline much more interesting than it should be and much more interesting than it probably will be, I think, in the long run when all is said and done. Yeah, I think that every team thinks they're in it. 
I mean, that's that's the yeah. problem and what is nice about the trade deadline. Except kind for the of, Padres and Twins and Red Sox. That's about right. it. There are a few teams, the Rangers as well, that just yeah. know they're out of it. And, you know, the Rangers are different than the Red Sox, though. Certain teams know they're out of it with their talent. It's just not working. It's not yeah. about injuries. It's just this didn't work. Let's rebuild for next year. Let's get some pieces back for what we currently have and rebuild for next year. The Rangers know they're going to be good next year. I mean, if everybody's healthy because they've been so destroyed by injuries, they don't really need to shake things up, really. If I'm the Rangers, I don't trade Alex Rios just because I think next year you can look at it as a potentially you know, mm-hmm. World Series caliber team. Maybe you get to the World Series from the American League. You never yeah. know. So with you, Darvish, you can't count a team out. Um, I like the two wild cards just because I think it keeps things interesting. But if you're a franchise and you're kind of on the fence with whether to buy or sell, and really sometimes selling can help a franchise significantly, it might hurt to not have that ability to sell with your fan base still being like, we're five games out of the wild card. How can you sell right now? And it puts a lot of teams like the Mets, who have been very good since the break, you know, in a situation, yeah. would they would they love to dump Bartolo Colon? Sure. Would they love to find a taker for Chris Young? Sure. But would they also love to maybe find one more bat to add to that outfield and replace Chris Young or move Daniel Murphy? Like, it's just, there's so much. It's, do they, are they in on Tuhowetsky? Who knows? It's just so much in flux. Even teams don't need, don't know where they stand until July 31st, until someone says, do you want to do this for this? All right, let's do it. Yeah, and I don't. So, Yankee fans that are out there watching this, uh, Lou and I would buy. I think we'd both tend to say that there's not a huge deal coming. Maybe we'll look like total idiots, as Lou said earlier. We'll probably look like idiots anyway. But maybe they do have a huge blockbuster. I would predict a Josh Willingham type signing in the outfield. Maybe they go after an, another incremental upgrade in the rotation. But I don't think Brian Cashman's going to put Batances in a deal to bring in Cliff Lee or to bring yeah. in John Lester. I don't think Lester was coming to the Yankees no matter what anyway. So I would, you know, my expectations in terms of what the Yankees were going to do were a little higher a week ago than they are today. I'm sure that's the same way for you, Lou, but I would say going into this, don't expect, you know, them to world, light the world on fire. Right, and with Michael Pineda, maybe three, four tops rehab starts away from right. being back mid to late August. If you can maybe get another incremental upgrade, a guy who can make a couple of starts and then kind of hold down the fort with the back end with Green and Capuano and whoever you might acquire until Pineda comes back, you're still holding out hope that Tanaka will be back this year. Again, you're maybe looking at an incremental upgrade for a right field bat, and that might be about it. It might be more of a kind of when the Yankees traded for Jerry Hairston in 2009. It was an addition to kind of bolster one spot and see where they go. Right. All right, well, that's going to do it for uh, our little video edition, uh, Google Hangout edition of the S-Men podcast. Again, if you don't subscribe to us on iTunes, please do. We just talk sports and and hang out and, and talk about what's going on, and it's a lot of fun. It's free on iTunes. Give us a download. And uh, that's about it. Enjoy the trade deadline. We're going to give you tons of stuff on yesnetwork.com tomorrow. Rapid reactions, reply all. Lou's going to do a live blog. I'll contribute to that as well. Just stay tuned because as the uh, trades come in, we're going to give you information, give you reaction. It's going to be a good place to stick around uh, as, as 4 p.m. tomorrow approaches. Uh, so that's going to do it for today. We'll see you guys next time, everybody.